You're listening to Paddling Adventures Radio. I'm your host, Sean Rowley, and with me is Derek Specht. We have a few things to discuss today, with the first item being something we all need to keep in mind if we plan to head out on the water. If you are in the Toronto area like we are, you may have heard about the kayakers that were involved in a fatal accident while paddling on the Credit River, which is in Caledon. You may also recall another kayaker has met the same fate back uh, last fall, was it October of uh, last year? Southern Ontario, in here in Southern Ontario, we've been subjected to a really mild winter. So mild that people are starting to take advantage of the next to no ice on the rivers and have been hitting the water in their canoes and kayaks. While this is very tempting, uh, incidents such as these force us to realize that safety in the water cannot be ignored. Just because, and keep, keep in mind, just because there's no ice doesn't mean that the water is not near freezing temperatures and you're at serious risk of hypothermia. Uh, from we were we googled it and research indicates that uh, water temperatures between what is it zero and five degrees zero and five degrees you expect exhaustion or unconsciousness in about 30 minutes and you can expect death in under 90 minutes so while the majority of paddlers are staying off the water this year and enjoying warmer activities those that are lured under the water by the lack of ice please be prepared and please be safe For those of you that are waiting for the warmer weather to get out on the water, or those of you that live in areas where winter doesn't visit you, uh, let's talk about water safety. So, and many of you will already know that we are located in the GTA in southern Ontario, and other countries' rules and regulations may differ from what we have to, are governed by, but here in Canada... We are governed by Transport Canada rules, and Transport Canada requires that we carry certain safety items depending on the watercraft that you're on. So Transport Canada requires that here, like uh, we carry certain safety items in our human-powered pleasure crafts such as canoes, kayaks, and standard paddle boards. So some of the things that you're going to be required to carry are PFDs, sound signal devices, heaving or throw lines, bailers, pumps... And flashlights are required. Okay, well, let's break down this list of uh, mandatory paddling gear. So, as far as PFDs go, every paddler on the water is required to have an approved personal flotation device, or PFD. And keep in mind that some PFDs and belt packs that are popular with boarders and other paddlers are popular because of the low profile. So, boarders may have inflatable life jackets. And whitewater kayakers will have a fitted, properly buoyant life jacket. And uh, so keep in mind when you you do choose your PFD that there's no feature more important as correct fit and proper sizing for buoyancy. This is not only for comfort while paddling, but is to ensure that you float properly in the water should you end up in the water. Another item that is mandatory according to Transport Canada regulations is a sound signaling device, such as a whistle or an air horn. Uh, what's popular here and what's uh, what's common is the uh, Fox 40 whistles. It doesn't have a, a rattling P device within it, and they require that you have a, a whistle without that P device. So a simple whistle, sound ho- uh, uh, air horn or whatever is, is a, another device that you must have. Another item you should have is a, is a heaving line. Every paddlecraft should have a buoyant heaving line at least 15 meters long, and they're usually bright colored with a float at one end. 
One baler or manual bilge pump is also required. Something as simple as a cut up uh, bleach bottle that would uh, fulfill the requirements of the law. Most uh, kayakers carry the uh, manual bilge pumps that they strap to the top of the kayak. And uh, from my experience, I've always had some form of bucket or something attached to the, uh, the rear seat in my canoe. You should also always have a flashlight. A flashlight could be necessary if you end up paddling in the darkness, fog or snow. And, uh, or if you, if your paddling day takes too long and you end up uh, losing light and trying to find your campsite at the, uh, at, in dusk or darkness, it's always handy to have a flashlight. If your emergency flashlight is in your emergency bailer kit, then you always have one instead of having one packed away in your pack and it's hard to get at. Now, keep in mind, you uh, don't have to cobble together all these items yourself. A any sporting goods store, uh, will have pre-made preset baler rope whistle flashlights it comes as a kit so generally they're in the range of like 25 to 50 dollars and uh, the one i have has a uh, has a loop on it and i've tied a string and i just tie it to the back of my the rear seat in my canoe so it's always it's an enclosed kit watertight and it's includes all the required items in one a nice handy package this portion of the show is brought to you by Algonquin Outfitters. Algonquin Outfitters, providing quality Algonquin Park backcountry adventures for the entire family since 1961. Whether you want to get on the water for a day or a week, the friendly staff at Algonquin Outfitters can help you out. Find them online at algonquinoutfitters.com or visit one of their 12 locations. Algonquin Outfitters, your outdoor adventure store, with locations in Algonquin Park, Muskoka and Halliburton. Welcome back. Uh, in this segment, we've been talking about uh, safety on the water. So whether you're traveling by canoe or kayak or stand-up paddleboard, we, we do recommend some extra safety equipment along with the mandatory equipment that we've already discussed. So one thing that I always carry and uh, is recommended is have a spare paddle. It, there's nothing worse than getting out there and you, and you break a paddle and I've broke a few paddles in my time and I always carry a spare paddle like uh, no matter who I'm with I always have one paddle jammed down to the packs in the bottom of the canoe it's 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 a nice safety thing to have and that way you, you don't have to try and cobble your broken paddle back together with splints and duct tape so it's good to have your primary paddles that you like and then have some a lightweight folding breakdown paddle as with like most kayakers would be familiar with this they have a breakdown paddle that's tucked inside as well uh, I always could like again it's just anybody who has any experience or any history in the backcountry they they carry certain extra things like for me I carry always carry knife I when I've gone out and I purchased a, a decent dive knife that is also a pair of scissors and it's always clipped to my uh my uh life jacket so uh a good like like i say a good paddle knife should be it should be sharp rust resistant appropriate for the water that you're in able to be used with one hand and uh attach attachable to your pfd some people carry that on their belt and uh, so knives can be used for you can cut entangling lines or stream cases for cutting pinned whitewater kayakers out of their boats Another item you should also carry is a first aid kit. So your first aid kit should be appropriately sized for 
the type of trip that you're on. If it's a day trip, your, your basic first aid items. But if it's a longer trip, you would size it for the, the number of people in your party or for the number of days you're going. Items like, uh, you know, Band-Aids, uh, burn kit, uh, some allergy medication, right? If you're off in the backwoods, you get stung by a bee, it's nice to have some appropriate whatever you choose to bring for allergy medication. And I always bring a little bit of moleskin because sometimes you sandals or shoes you're wearing, you get a blister and it can be really painful trying to do the portages with a uh, an open blister. So to recap, we've uh, discussed the mandatory items and the recommended items, and hopefully carrying these items will, at the end of the day, will make your day on the water safer. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, Grab a paddle and get on the water. We want to let everybody out there know that uh, our Paddling Adventures radio website is now fully up and running. We've uh, put it on the web at paddlingadventuresradio.com. On our webpage, you're going to be able to find links to upcoming events. We will have... uh, upcoming episode information that you can see our future shows what we're going to be discussing and who we're going to be interviewing as well we're going to have links to previous episodes that you might have missed or that you might want to listen to again we will uh, we're going to link to where you can listen to our show every wednesday on the reno viola outdoors radio network and we'll have uh, links to our facebook page we'll also at the bottom, we're going to have uh, a, a email address for you to send us questions or comments. So that's paddlingadventuresradio.com. Recently, the uh, Outdoor Adventure Show was in Toronto, and uh, unfortunately, I was unable to attend just due to work. But Sean, you went to the show. Uh, you want to? I see you got a very big pile of literature here that you've collected up at the show. You want to talk about it? Yeah, I went on the Saturday. Uh, I went down to see a couple of friends that were down there that I know. Uh, ran into quite a number of, of people. Uh, Jeff uh, from Jeff's Map was there. Uh, Kevin Callen was there. Uh, as well as um, one of the speakers I wanted to hear was David Bain. Now, David is the one that organizes and puts on the Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium every year. Um, this is the fifth year we've, we've mentioned it on our show. We've got links on our uh, our uh, website um, to the uh, Waterloo Symposium. Uh, Canoe Symposium. Uh, he went a couple years back and checked out the Nahani. Now he's a flat water canoe tripper. Um, no white water, no, no heavy duty stuff. But the Nahani is supposed to be one of the premier um, canoe trips up in the Northwest Territories. And he went on that and uh, he had quite some information on that. He had, had a great trip. A lot of, of tips if you're going um, a lot of white water. It, it's a lot of white water. Uh, his big tip that I got from this, the, the talk he gave was if you're going, that you might want to go, uh, with a guided trip. It's, it's a bit more expensive and all that, but, uh, he says there's pros and cons to it. 
Um, the cons being you don't really have any say in the itinerary or the food. Uh, but the pros are if you've never done whitewater before, you've got guides there that can get you through everything. Uh, they supply everything and they cook your food, the whole, you're, you're basically just tag along, you, you do what they say and where you're going that day. And the pictures he had and the stories he had, uh, were, were really great. And that was one of the talks I wanted to see, uh, managed to get there in order to see it just in time. Um, and, uh, talked to him a little bit afterwards. The other one I wanted to see was David Lee, who's also known as the Passionate Paddler. Uh, last year, he was lucky enough to be chosen to go look at the Little Nahani River, which is in the same basic area, but there's never been a real, I guess, a, a real canoe route through there. Um, there's old routes through there where uh, people have gone through and smashed their canoes and it, it was just non-stop problems but there's never been any report of really successful uh trips going through so there was a group that were going to go put on by parks canada i do believe uh they chose these people to go to uh document and write about the trip itself and he says it was one of the most fantastic trips he's ever been on and there was some massive white water um, pretty much the entire way. And for him, it was, it was great. Uh, but it was nice to see, see, again, see the pictures and, and hear the stories, the presentation of, of, uh, his trip up there. Um, they have a pool at the outdoor adventure show where they do demonstrations, which is, which is cool. Cause if you're looking to buy a new canoe or something, um, Swift was doing Swift canoe and kayak. They were doing a demonstration in the pool. Uh, Preston, uh, we were talking about him on our last show, Preston Sierra of, of portageur.ca uh, and his dog, Nancy, they were actually in the pool doing a little thing with, with Nancy showing how, you know, the dog, the dog life jacket and how the dog can sit, you get the dog trained to sit in the canoe and, and everything. So we saw that. Um, but there was a lot of, of gear. There was a lot of destinations, um, there was a lot of, of, of speakers uh, that you could listen to. So there, it, it was a little bit of everything for everybody. Um, I know some people were, well, you know, it's not all gear. Well, no, there's got to be, you got to mix it in with other things as well. It's great to have the gear, but if you don't know where you're going. So, you know, we saw, we saw a lot of different things there. Uh, there was organizations. One of the ones I talked to was the Ontario Sea Kayak Center. Um, they do uh, paddle can, paddle Canada instruction for all levels, so where, they'll do the, the 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 kayaking, the canoeing. Where are they based out of? Uh, they are based out of um, I can't I think Perry Soundway. Um, yeah, I can't remember offhand. I see that some of the trips that they do is Georgian Bay and Perry Sound itself. Yeah, that's one thing. I'm, I'm thinking they're out of out of the Perry Sound area, but uh, yeah, they they do they teach you a lot of the rolling and everything else to do with kayaks. Um, they're quite interesting to talk to, and they 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 said, yeah, come on up and we'll we'll talk to you and uh, maybe take you out and show you what we do. So that's definitely one thing we're going to do at uh, the um, Ontario Sea Kayak Center. Another group that we were that that I I, I checked out was the Wilderness Canoe Association. Now, they're wildernesscanoe.ca. They 
organize weekend and, and longer wilderness outings. Um, so canoe trips and, su- and such. Um, all seasons. Uh, and it's the members of the Wilderness Canoe Association that actually put these on. Now, if you become a member, you can also get their quarterly journal uh, with pictures and trip logs and every, everything and different events coming up. Uh, they put all that into it as well. Uh, which is which is kind of neat. I mean, it's not it's not a um, you know National Geographic style magazine, but you know what? It's people that went on the trips. They wrote up their trip logs and added some pictures, and you know it's something that you can see and you can check out your for yourself. That or maybe you might want to do this kind of trip. So the Wilderness Canoe Association. It's, it looks like it's uh, geared towards from people new to the uh, to the sport as well as people who are experienced looking for more ideas on tripping oh definitely definitely that's exactly it and um, yeah like you become a member and join in their group uh, tours and you never know where you'll end up now the other thing that they are connected with is the canadian canoe routes uh, myccr.com and they have advice it's, it's an online meeting place for for canoe and kayakers um they offer advice on all canoe and kayak tripping topics. Uh, they have lots of, well, they say thousands of canoe and kayak route descriptions and photos from all across Canada. They have threads on over two dozen forums. Um, they have recipes. They have photo competitions. Everything, you name it. And basically, it's it's all about Canadian uh, paddling. With, with, I get the impression, emphasis on canoe tripping. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, if you if you want um, to find information about your area for paddling, whether it's kayaking or canoe tripping, check out myccr.com. It was, it was a lot of information there. Um, there was rafting people there. I mean, like I say, we we generally stick to uh, the canoeing and getting into the kayaking, but the rafting. There was there was two people there. There was the River Run Resort which is north of Ottawa. Um, they are near the Ottawa River Provincial Park. And they, they offer uh, the, the canoeing, and, or the, sorry, the kayaking, and um, the, the, the rafting, the whitewater rafting. There's Canada's, uh, sorry, the, there was the Wilderness Adventures. Um, do I got that one right? Yeah, sorry, the Wilderness Tours, that was it. Wilderness Tours Rafting Resort. So it's a resort you can go stay at. Uh, but they offer everything from gentle family rafting, which I guess is not too hectic, all the way up to high adventure rafting. And again, they're they're one and a half hours out of out of um, Ottawa. They're four and a half hours from Toronto, three hours from North Bay, and uh, two and a half hours from Kingston. Uh, they also offer work with the Ottawa Kayaking School. So if you want to do some of that. And because it's a resort, if you're not into the paddling, you know some of you, some of the family is, and you're up there for for the weekend or whatever. Um, there's other things you can do, go bungee jumping, mountain bike trails. You know, different school programs are involved as well. So if you're into the rafting, the whitewater rafting, you can you can check them out. And I was talking to them, and they they even told us to come check them out. And uh, we you know we can see what they do and take a little run on the raft and. Uh, and uh, explore what the rafting is all about. That sounds like it's going to be fun. Definitely a summer activity. 
And a lot of these uh, that we're discussing right now, we're going to put links on our webpage. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, we'll throw links up on our webpage and on our um, uh, Facebook page so that you guys can check them out as well and uh, see what uh, what these are all about. And, you know, if your family is interested in getting on the water this summer and, you know, maybe rafting is for you and check that out. Or if you're into paddling and kayaking and you want to learn more, then you, you check out the Ontario Sea Kayak Centre. One of the other places that I found interesting was the Alabama Scenic River Trail. Now, we had a couple guys uh, up from Alabama, and they were talking about there's 10 scenic river trails through Alabama. And it's all different types of, of paddling, and, and uh, uh, some of them, you know, they, they're big enough rivers that you'll get boats on them as well. But the one gentleman I spoke to, uh, Jeff Felder, he was actually the president of the Alabama Canoe Association. A uh, really nice guy and really informative. But when you look at the back, he, he passed me off this map, the Alabama's top 10 paddles. Um, but they're, they're talking about uh, uh, Yellow Creek and, you know, paddle and hike to waterfall on the kid-friendly Yellow Creek. Um, then there's the explore battlefields and boulder fields on the Tallapoosa River. Uh, spy, spy wildlife on the Tennessee River, the rumbling, tumbling waters of Wetumpka. Um, and they give, they give little explanations of, of what each of these trips is about. Explore Alabama's Black Belt by River. Uh, and then there's Terrapin Creek, twisty, quick, with plenty of shoals, rocks, and whitewater spots to make for a few fun hours and long enough for a multi-day trip. Paddling possibilities begin with a, with a, sorry, at the CR 49 bridge in Borden Springs. Um, so yeah, there, you know, and they talks about planning your trips and, and the whole meal deal. So I was chatting with him for a bit and I think what we're going to try to do is get a hold of them on another day and, and let them explain in their own words, uh, what all is involved. Yeah. I think it'd be worthy of, uh, of interviewing them. I'm looking at the map right now. It's, uh. There's, there's a significant number of uh, water routes that they have listed here. Oh, definitely is, is a uh, lot of them. And there, there's tons and tons of, of waterways. I mean, they're, they're just they're talking about miles and miles and miles of paddling you can do down there. What's, uh, what's going to be good about uh, us doing this radio show is it's going to expand our horizons and it's going to, we're going to be able to experience what most people call local and it's we get to introduce people to what is remote to them which we consider local it's this is going to be a, a fascinating journey for us doing this uh this radio program yeah i mean we do the lot of uh our local stuff you know within ontario cent, uh, southern ontario to central ontario uh, maybe once well we had north farther north than that farther east farther west uh maybe just over the border into the states um but yeah, I mean, there, there's so much more and more, more places to travel that we can, you know, get our hands on the information. And you know what? Maybe we, maybe we start heading there and check it all out. Now, one of, uh, one of the main people I was going to go see was Randy Mitson from Algonquin Outfitters. Um, as you know, he, they're, they're really helping us out with the show, um, supporting us and, and whatnot. So I went over to talk to him and They've got their, their information out right now about uh, what's coming up this summer. Um, you know, they do, they'll do the hook you up with the paddle boards for day trips, canoes for day trips, canoes for longer trips. 
uh, you can get kayaks, you name it, you can rent it from them. Everything, bikes, and they will set you up with everything you need. If you want to go canoe tripping in Algonquin Park, they will set you up with everything from canoe to uh, meal plans to packs, you name it. So basically, if you show up on their doorstep with just the shirt on your back, they'll fully equip you for for either a day or a week-long trip. Exactly. Um, they've got canoes, paddling gear, white water canoes and kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, packs, tents, tarps, sleeping bags, stoves, cooking gear, camping gear, bikes. Uh, and they, they also have the uh, access to the water taxis on Opiongo. So instead of taking four hours to paddle, Saves they you. throw your, your canoe on. I do believe it's 20 minutes that you can be able to take you on the boat. They throw your canoe on, on the top of the, these racks on the, on the boat and they zip you up to the other end. Um, I found with the water taxi, it, uh, it not only saves you time, but, uh, this is a large lake. So it can, you can get quite a bit of white water on this lake, white caps. So it's, uh, it's, for me, it often becomes a safety item just to get quickly up to the other end of the lake and save yourself that long day in the water and the risks involved in such a large lake. That, and if you're going on an interior trip uh, to Algonquin, if you, if you save yourself three hours, three and a half hours of paddling by taking the water taxi to uh, the north end of Opiongo to where the, for, the portages are, then that puts you three and a half hours farther along that you can, you know, get farther into the park, and away that, from... And that could equate to an, you're saving an entire day's travel. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I talked to Randy and whatnot up there, and it sounds like they've got uh, some fun things planned this year, this, uh, this summer, some good rates and some good packages to put together. And I do believe this is their 50th year as well. 50th? 50 years, yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, since 1950 or 55? must be 50. 55? 55. Because mm-hmm. they've been since 61, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, they, yeah, they've got, they've got a few things going on this uh, this year, and uh, it's a big year for them. But the other thing, with, there was uh, a lot of canoes. Like I say, Swift Kayak and Canoe was there. The Muskoka Paddle Shack, H2O Canoes. Um, uh, there was another one that started with an A. I can't even think of the name of it now. Uh, Alchemist uh, Canoes were there. A lot of gear. There was the, the, the paddle boards, the kayaks, the canoes. And, I mean, if you're looking at this stuff and it's brand new, I mean, you're you're looking to pay a pretty penny for it. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it these days. You know, everybody's into the carbon fiber and the, the Kevlar and the lightweight, lightweight canoes. You're always and all trying that to save some weight for those portages. Yeah. And canoes and kayaks, they cost, and the, and the paddle boards, they cost a pretty penny. Now, the one thing that Algonquin Outfitters has is they rent canoes. And then they'll rent them for a year or two. And then they sell them. So if you're looking for, uh, you know, a 16-foot canoe to do canoe trips, if you go to Algonquin Outfitters, their page, um, algonquinoutfitters.com, they have a, a section where they have used canoes for sale. And, you know, instead of spending... Three thousand dollars on a canoe, you can get it for maybe fifteen hundred bucks, um, or twelve hundred bucks. I mean, they're they're a little bit battered. Not they're still quite quite safe to use. Yeah, they are they they are part of the rental fleet, but they do sell off a portion of the rental fleet every spring. Yeah. So if you want a a 
tend to be gently used or, or somewhat harder used, but they are still in great condition, then these these are available for sale. Yep, they have canoes for sale, they have kayaks for sale, and they have stand-up paddle boards for sale. And they're listed right now, as a matter of fact. If you if you go into algonquinoutfitters.com, uh, you'll be able to see what's there. And um, maybe pick yourself up something before, uh, before the big spring rush hits. Um, but yeah, you know what? There was a lot of... Of things to see there a little like I say a little bit of, of everything um, the Toronto Outdoor Adventure Show uh, like I say they had the whitewater demo pool and the, the regular uh, demo pool they had this uh, adventures in paddling stage and you just look at some of the stuff that they had um, on was the uh, like southern paddling destinations in Florida Everglades Texas and Mexico um, Canadian Canoe Culture and the Story of Grey Owl in the Tomogamy Region, which is a pretty cool uh, place to go. Um, journey Through the Ice Age and uh, Exploring the river, Rivers of the Mackenzie Mountains. Uh, these are just some of the things that they were, they were talking about there. So, you know, even if you're not going to buy anything, you know, and you just want to go look and listen to some of these stories and see pictures and and what's out there. It was pretty fascinating. Now there is um, the one coming up in Ottawa. Uh, what was that one? The Ottawa Travel and Adventure Show. Um, and a lot of these people will be there as well. A lot of the demonstrations and stuff like that. So if you, if you got a chance to check it out, I, I would definitely check it out. But you know what? There's a lot of stuff out there. I think a lot of, I've touched base with a lot of people. And I think we're going to uh, be having a lot of them on here to talk and, and share their experiences with us. You are listening to Paddling Adventures Radio on Reno Viola Outdoors. Do you enjoy getting on the water with a paddle in your hand? If so, this show's for you. Listen to Paddling Adventures Radio every Wednesday at 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. and see what's happening in the world of paddle sports. Paddling Adventures Radio, whether you're close to home or far away, grab a paddle, and get on the water. So as you're listening to this episode, it's the uh, first week of March. We've uh, we've passed through most of winter. You know, we've the anticipation of uh, winter coming out of the fall and going through the holidays, and everybody goes away on their uh, typical winter trips and the, uh, doing their ski trips, their winter activities. You know, February, towards the end of February and, and into March, we uh, winter starts to drag. I know it drags for me. Yeah, as mentioned at the beginning of the show, people are already wanting to get out there and get on the water. And, and you know, the outdoor shows have started now, right? This tends to be the time of year that the dreaded cabin fever sets in. Cabin fever, exactly. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, this is the time of year that you know, everybody's sitting there going, like, I've had enough of winter. Mm-hmm. It's, it's been dragging on. You're starting like, to anticipate spring yeah. and think about summer. Yeah, and you, you just don't, you, you want to get outside because, I mean, even though there's there's winter activities you do, you know, you're out snowshoeing and skiing and skating, playing hockey on the pond and all that, you want to be outside in shorts and a t-shirt. You don't exactly. want to have to bundle up every time you go outside. And yeah, this is the time of year that you're just thinking, oh, come on, come on. I'm done with winter. 
let's get on with spring. I mean, it's only a couple months away, if that. Yeah, we're we're at the period of winter where the weather's unpredictable and the snow's always dirty, and so you don't have the the nice winter activities that you can anticipate because of the white snow. It, you know, gets you out there, right? So this is the time of year for me that uh, I have a uh, various maps pinned up on a wall and uh, I start to think about spring and, and think about the early season, maybe a, a trout season opener fishing trip and, and stuff like that. Yeah, we get the, the maps pulled out of the drawer and we start laying them out on the floor and pointing out, hey, you know what, we've never been here. we got to go there again. We'll pull start pulling some of our our gear out of the, the garage or out of the, the storage and uh, cleaning it, repairing it or replacing it. Yeah. You know, um, yeah. And like you say, the phone calls go out, the emails go out to all your, your paddling buddies. Yeah. Time to, and time to start meeting ups, time to start planning out potential summer trips and fall trips and it, stuff like that. Yeah. That's, and that's exactly, that's when you start to get that bug, you know, cabin fever is here. So how do you uh, deal with your cabin fever, Sean? Like at this time of year, normally, what are you doing? Well, I tend to have a couple of trips I always do every year. I mean, I always do the Father's Day weekend. I mean, that was when when our, our son was born, you know, um, that was sort of my Father's Day thing, trip, uh, present. You know, don't buy me something. I'm going to go away for a couple of days. Um, it was just myself. It, it was a solo trip. And... As time goes on, a couple other people started joining in. Um, so I'm, I'm starting to, to think about that now, where we're going to go and and um, what destination, what rivers, what lakes, are we just, you know, what type of trip we're going to have. Um, the other one at, right after that is, is the Thanksgiving, uh, Canadian Thanksgiving one in October. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my birthday weekend as well. So I've always done a, a big trip then. Uh, four or five day canoe trip. We did the big nine day one last this past October. Um, but yeah, you know what? I start getting all the the ideas ready for those, and you know, it's nice just to sit down and you start hitting some of the websites and the forums about different trips and looking at different trip logs and getting ideas of of nice places that you've never been. And and that's that's pretty much what I do uh, now. Um, but hitting the outdoor adventure shows and stuff. You know, you start looking at some of the gear and reading up on gear. And I've pulled out some of my, my uh, gear already that I know needs to be replaced or I, I know needs to be cleaned or, or whatever, you know, fixed. And that, that sort of, I'll, I'll put on some music or something and, and start doing that. Um, the other thing I do is, is start reading. You mm-hmm. know, like I've, I've, there's yeah. a book called Bushcraft that came out. And, uh, yeah, I'll start reading that sort of, thing. I don't know that that actually helps with the cabin fever though, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know make you... it worse. <laughs> and I think sometimes, yeah, it, that's exactly what it does. It just makes it worse. Um, cause you're sitting there and you're reading about knots and, and you're reading about what to do at camp and different ways to, to boil water over, over a fire. And, and you start reading some of the recipe books, um, about, you know, backpacking recipe books and, canoe tripping recipe books and stuff like that and yeah you and then you start your mind just starts going nuts and when you say oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do this we're gonna go here we're gonna do that and it doesn't matter how much you plan it's still march exactly you know so (laughs) yeah yeah i i don't know that it makes it any easier 
but uh, yeah, that's, that's it, it. With me, it tends to be the same, same sort of thing every year at this time. With me, I'm I'm a lot less uh, organized for my seasons trips. I'm my work is uh, I'm a shift worker, so I tend to forget that weekends are weekends, and and my weekends often happen in the middle of the week. So my trip planning is is more sporadic. I have generalized ideas of what I want to do. And so I, I, me and a couple of buddies at work, we always get together every year. And when we uh, get together over beers and we try to figure out where our trip's going to be this year. So this year, like we're already, we are, have already talked about it a couple of times. We're trying to determine if we're going to do a, a fly-in Northern Ontario trip or, or some, uh, like a, there's a couple rivers in Quebec that we keep wanting to hit. But, uh, you know, we're, we're probably going to get together in the next month or so. And uh, it's just, it's that time of year for, for me that uh, I pull out the maps and I, I try and figure out, you know, am I going to like, am I going to get the family out into another interior trip or am I going to get together with the uh, guys at work or, or whatever? So it's, uh, like I said, mine's a little bit more, less organized because I don't have weekends. I don't have the Father's Day weekend that I can plan on due to the shift work. Yeah, it's... Um... We have the family to do. Now, we're at the point in our lives now where, you know, my son's in college, my daughter's heading off to university. So I think this may be the last or second last year where we do family, ah, family vacation. Stuff. Yeah. Miss... So we always take a couple of weeks in the summer and, you know, we do the family vacation sort of thing. So we work our canoe trips and stuff around that. Um, we've also now had the discussion that maybe it's time to retire the old canoe and we buy one suited for my wife and I only. And we can start doing some stuff. Because the kids aren't like going to be Like smaller around. canoes, lighter canoes. Oh, I wouldn't say it's going to be a smaller canoe. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying it's going to be a newer canoe. Yes. You know, and, and, and it'll be geared towards the two of us. Um, being able to get out and do some canoe trips together. Not have to worry about the kids and the dog. Exactly. And, yeah. and all that. You know, because the kids are old enough to look after themselves. See, I'm on the leading edge of that kind of plan because uh, I have a young family. I have a two and a half year old and a five and a half year old. So I'm trying to figure out areas and ways to get them into the backcountry to introduce them to to canoe camping and, and whatnot. And uh, so we're, we're in discussions now. We were going to do some winter trips with the kids. But uh, we're trying to figure out where... I'm, we're going to take the kids this year as an introduction, just the starting out. Well, we took ours to, to Algonquin. Yeah, and that's you what know? we're most likely going to do, but I'm, we're, we want to keep it simple enough that, uh, you know, this uh, planning of the spring trip or of summer trips of, of most likely will be Algonquin. Yeah. My suggestion would be do some day trips with them first. Uh, we've you already know. done the day trips. We're into more. We're trying to get into more ambitious planning right now, and uh, you know, it's it's one of those things. It's uh, the youngest is still in diapers, so you don't want to get too far in the back country because you have to hump all that stuff back out again, right? So, it, it, the the planning is is already going well, but you know, it's it's one of those things. It's like cabin fever setting in. What are we gonna do? Where are we gonna go? So it's, it's just that time of year that you start planning that we get starting to get excited about the upcoming summer, you know, springs around the corner. Yeah. My, my problem is when I look at a map, my map usually starts of North America. <laughs> <laughs> Where can I go? So, and that's exactly, oh, look at all these places we could go. And then you start, 
as as you start your planning <laughs> reality sets in reality sort of sets in okay well i've only got two weeks okay so yeah well i guess i'm not going all the way out there for two weeks because it's going to yeah. take me a week to drive there and uh, yeah and, and your your area sort of shrinks down and shrinks down and at the end of the day when you're doing all your planning and whatnot and that's the one benefit to having all this extra time between you know like march and april and you know we do the big um the big uh, ice out oh yes guess. the algonquin ice, yeah, out, the algonquin ice out contest when is when is the ice officially out in algonquin park and that's usually beginning to mid-may or the the third week of may um and then yeah you're into june and we're, and we're paddling already so i mean you've only got a couple of months and by having these two extra months yeah you've, you're getting the cabin fever and you get everything out and you can actually take the time to plan something properly. Exactly. You know, you're, like I say, if, if they said, we're going away next week, where do you want to go? Well, here's my North American map. Yeah. Right. And you don't have the time to do things smart. You know, I mean, you just, you just start piling in. It's the daydreaming phase of it that really, yes. it really gets going. What's, what's your, your dream trip? Where do you eventually want to go that uh, is most likely not going to happen, but. Banks Island. I want to head way up north and do Banks Island. But, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll be winning the lottery before I do that. <laughs> um, but, well, similar to Banks Island, one of the things that I've often dreamed about and thought about is is like the Porcupine River up in the Yukon. And, and there's some of these northern rivers up in uh, Yukon t in Northwest Territories. And it's it, those long, lazy rivers that you want to do in a, a nice summer trip and that's one of the things that I often daydream about, but it just always never comes to fruition. It's the logistics involved in it, but yeah. it, it's a nice daydreaming cabin fever type planning. Yeah. I mean, you start, I mean, I've looked at the heading to Banks Island and when you think, Oh, you know what? That'd be a great trip. And you know, you're just cruising through and you take your time. You see the history of the land and exactly. it's a total different landscape, you know? Um, but then when you start looking at, well, it costs you so much to fly from Toronto to, to here, and then you got to fly up to there, and then you got to rent all the gear, and then they got to fly you again, and then they got to come back to get you. And, and I mean, by the end of the day, it's 20 grand a person. Yeah. And I remember. Like, you know what? If I told my wife, I'm going without you <laughs> on a trip, a canoe trip, and it's going to, yeah, 20 grand. And you know what? She says, then you might as well just stay there. <laughs> <laughs> I recall when you first brought this trip up, it was, uh, I think it was two years ago when you first came up with this idea. Yeah. And you said, Derek, we got to do this trip, Banks Island. And we started looking into it and I bought a couple of books on it and, and stuff like that. And we were really excited. We thought this was actually going to happen. And then you started making some phone calls. <laughs> I shouldn't have made phone calls. <laughs> Yeah, and, and you know what? That's it. That's the daydreaming part. I mean, yeah. one day, you know what? Yeah, you never know. Yeah. And that's something down down the line. I mean, but for right now, it's not happening. Yeah. But yeah, you, you start with the big plans, and then you work down. And I mean, what one of the things that got me into the, the canoes, I wanted a fishing boat. <laughs> and I was looking at those big ranger boats. Yes. You know, with the big motor on the back. And, you know, <laughs> we're going fishing every weekend, right? Yes. And then, ooh, yeah. Well, I'm in college and I really can't afford that. Well, let's go get an aluminum boat with a 9.9 .9 on the back. Oh, that mercury's still a little bit expensive. 
hey, they got canoes over there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah, that was our that was our <laughs> our uh, yeah that was our intro into boats. There, you yeah. know, like. I mean, we all, like I say, we, we, we've done the canoeing as, as kids and teenagers and that. And, um, yeah, so, I mean, getting a canoe when we were, you know, when my wife and I were still dating, uh, that was that was perfect. You, you start big and eventually you work exactly. down. It re, the, the fantasy becomes reality. And, and the good thing with uh, most paddle sports, with canoes, kayaks, stand-up paddle boards, it's, it's accessible. It's what it turns out to be is the accessibility. It, you have a paddle craft that you can throw into the backyard that you can whip onto the roof whenever you want it. There's no, the, the routine maintenance is very basic. Every spring I always, you know, when, when the weather starts to warm up, I pull the canoe out and I wax it, you know, wash it down, wax it, get it ready for the year, make sure that the thwarts are intact, the seats aren't breaking off. And it's just the basic, you know, the, that, that basic pre-maintenance for the season. Yeah, and see, I think that's, I mean, right now, with, with the way the weather is at this time of year, and like you say, the cabin fever, I start with the maps and the planning, and then as the weather starts to warm up, and you can go outside with a light jacket or, or on or whatever, yeah, then you're in the garage and you're getting out the canoe. Mm -hmm. And when, when you're out there on a Saturday, and I mean, it's still a bit cool, but the sun's out, and when yeah. you're sitting in that full sunlight, you can feel it's warming up, and you can smell the mud. Yeah. Because, you know, winter's over and a mud's the, the smell and, and whatnot. And you can smell spring. Well, and that's when it just kicks right in. Exactly. You know, and yeah, and like you say, then you're waxing the canoe and you're getting the paddles out and you're going, well, I need a new one. And that one's going in the garbage. Yes. And we're getting new ones. And well, it gets time to check, see if this life jacket still fits. And, <laughs> you know, oh, we've got to get the, make sure all the, the equipment that we just threw in at the end of last season after, well, like I say, October hit and then it was just like well i'll just put that in the garage for now i'll, I'll clean it up later and i think it's still sitting there <laughs> you know um but yeah that, that that tends to be this time of year the cabin fever sets in and and i'm just starting to starting to get into the the planning mode exactly. start big so is there as you do your planning for next season is there any key piece of equipment that you're looking at replacing this year the only thing i think is, is and it's a biggie is the canoe I mean, uh -huh. our canoe is almost 25 years old. Wow. It has seen a lot. and They hold up well, though. This one wasn't really made. This was sort of a cottage canoe. Um, the guy says I'll probably get about 10 years out of it. Um, and like I say, we, we've had it almost 25 years. It's been all over the place. We've had a, a family everywhere, all over Algonquin, all over Ontario, Um you know, we've brought it way up north with us, everything. And this thing's gone everywhere. It's it's 80 pounds of pure fiberglass goodness. <laughs> um, flat bottom, so I've stood in it and fly fished. Um, I've pulled it up rivers. Uh, I mean, it's a heavy beast. But we've, we've gone on lakes with it. And um, where I, I went on with my brother the one year, and I said, we shouldn't be, we shouldn't be getting off this lake without tipping. And the only way we did was we loaded that canoe down <laughs> with the, the, the gear that was in the other canoes. And the other canoes were, were able to ride much better. And it didn't phase this thing at all. <laughs> um, it owes us nothing. It's been a great canoe. But, like I said, it's time for a new one. Yeah. And I'm tired of lugging 80 pounds of, <laughs> of fiberglass through the, through the bush. For me, it's uh, the piece of equipment that I'm looking at renewing is 
and it's one of those things like it's i keep thinking every year oh, i gotta get a new one for me it's a stove i uh, i have a uh colon peak one uh white gas stove i've had it for almost 20 years now and uh every year it's like i i, I have to do some little repair or i tweak and poke at it and you know go out and get new parts or whatever and so it's it's i think the, i'm i'm hoping this year is the year it's one of those things that he put on the back burner and it's like no i gotta get a new one so potentially this year i'm going to be getting myself a new stove and i just have to i like the white gas i'm going to try and stay go that way i don't like propane especially when i use it on shoulder seasons the propane doesn't work so well yeah so uh so i'm going to be looking at something with white gas well, I know my thing last year was a new sleeping bag. I and just it takes up so much room in my my pack. The ones I've had, and I just went uh, with the goose down, and it packs down really small. I, and I spent the extra money for it, and just to save that space in the pack was was mm-hmm. huge. And it was warm. And I was a couple times where I'm just like, oh my god, it's too warm. And I didn't think it would be. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things everybody's trying to sell me on for ages, and yeah. and I did. But uh, yeah. This is the time I'm, of year I'm pulling out all the gear and checking what's new and what's not. I, like I say, we talked about the water filter last week. Um, and mine's, yeah, brand spanking new there. I've had it for, for well, not brand spanking new, but uh, pretty close to. Um, but I don't think there's anything, yeah, other than a canoe, maybe a couple new paddles. I think a lot of stuff has been replaced over the last couple of years. And you go through these cycles, mm-hmm. you know, where a lot of stuff is, is wearing out and you got to start replacing it. And then other stuff is, yeah, that'll last me a while longer. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, no, that's it. You got to replace it. So we'll drag out all the maps and we'll drag out all the gear and we'll place the phone calls <laughs> and we'll get moving on, on spring because spring can't get here yeah. fast enough. We'll start with all of North America and we'll whitter, <laughs> whittle ourselves around to somewhere between Northern Ontario, Quebec, yeah. maybe Manitoba. Michigan or New York State. Yeah. Once again, another year we're looking for the cure for cabin fever. Some upcoming events that uh, may be of interest. On March 5th is the Quiet Water Symposium, which is at the Michigan State University. On March 11th through 13th is Canucopia, which is in Madison, Wisconsin. On March 16th through 20th is the Toronto Sportsman Show. On March 19th through 20th is the Ottawa Outdoor and Travel Show. And on April 16th is the Kitchener-Waterloo Canoe Symposium. It is at the Princess Twin Cinemas in Waterloo, and tickets are going fast. There is less than 50 remaining. Go to paddlingadventuresradio.com to find links to these and other upcoming events. So we were talking today, everything from safety on the water to how we get through cabin fever hope you enjoyed the show thank you for listening you've been listening to paddling adventures radio i'm sean roley and i'm derek Spest. see you next time